can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan on the Talking Pools podcast. This Tuesday, it's uh, just Dan. Kelly and I are uh, having a hard time connect this week, and so I got the challenge of going solo again for the second time in my life. But uh, I will certainly do my best to bring up a couple of topics that I I think are interesting. Um, Before I get into those, though, I did want to uh, send out a huge thanks today being Tuesday, September the 12th. Uh, yesterday, uh, certainly a, a solemn day for our country, um, 9-11. It's amazing to me that it's been 22 years already. Um, seems like just yesterday. It's also amazing to me the the people um, throughout the industry that have have grown up not really being part or experiencing, I guess, all that occurred on that day. We've got a number of employees at our company that didn't, uh, either weren't even born yet or uh, were were so, so young that they very seldom have any memories of it. You know, our, our son, in fact, he was born February of 2000. So he was just, what, 18 months old at that point, and my wife was pregnant with our daughter, who was born late October. And uh, I remember my son at that early age recognizing on TV that something bad had happened and and in his little words um, talking about the bad people. Um, certainly something that those of us that lived through it will never forget, and we need to do really all that we can to make sure that those who didn't live through it and and maybe even those that did never forget. We've uh, at our company for a number of years, we've had programs in place to take employees to national events. Uh, We went a handful of years ago to the uh, pool expo in New Orleans uh, went to Pool Expo in Dallas last year. We went to Nespa's show in Atlantic City in January. And I I don't remember how many people we took, 15, 18 people, something like that. Um, essentially, none of them had been to New York City. So I made a day of it after the, the Nespa's show was over. Uh, we we piled into the minivans that we rented and we drove up to New York city and spent the day in New York city. We started the day off at the nine 11 Memorial. I had taken with my wife, our, our kids there when they were junior high age. Um, at that time they had the, the, 
you know, pools with all the names and all that out, you know, that you, you could walk around that. The museum was not quite done yet. Um, I think it might open maybe a month later. And although the the being at the site was a, a, an experience that um, if you haven't done, you, you really do need to do. Having never encountered the museum, when we took the the group from All Seasons up there last year, that was the first thing we did. We we parked right near the memorial. Um, we bought tickets for everybody, and we went in the museum. And it was, I'll say, one of the most moving experiences that not just I, but our entire team uh, has ever encountered. The whole group went in as group very quickly broke off into, you know, groups of maybe two or three experiencing it with, um, you know, in, in small groups. And what I honestly expected to be maybe 45 minutes to an hour experience, I think ended up being somewhere around maybe three hours. And at many times, if, if you've never been there, you've you've got to make your way, you've got to go. And uh, I had no idea that the museum was built actually within the basement of one of the towers. And Ian, I'll say what, what I would, I in my mind, I, I remember as being the center of that space. Uh, you went into a series of, of rooms that led through displays of all types of things from uh, damaged first responder vehicles to um, there was even a display from a clothing store within the mall at uh, at the uh, Twin Towers right right there in that area um, covered in dust it, it was like frozen in time it was it was the neatest thing a room that played recordings of people in the towers calling family members and leaving voicemail messages um, just prior to, you know, the, the well, the first tower and then the second tower coming down. All of this extremely, extremely emotional stuff. This uh, area that, that you're walking through with all of this type of displays um, is surrounded by big open areas, lots of benches and seating. Um, and I was actually walking through with my wife and towards about three quarters of the way through, she kind of started getting ahead of me and, and disappeared off in the distance. And I, when I finally made it out of that section of the museum, found her sitting on a bench and many of our staff sitting on various benches individually reflecting on what they just seen um my, my wife ended up going through the last 20 30 percent of that particular exhibit rapidly because emotionally she was finding it hard to continue through and to be honest i found it hard at times I would walk away from certain displays because I found it hard. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, again, 9-11 was yesterday. It was 22 years ago. Um, I 
Rudy this past weekend is back in New York City. Um, I'm sure he'll visit the memorial as he as he does often when he's up that way. If you've not done it, I would really, really urge you to do it. Even the younger of our staff who either weren't born or were very, very young and had no real firsthand experience of, of what that was were some of the most moved individuals having gone through it. We were all real glad we made that the first stop of the day. Um, and then we continued through New York City. Of course, I had to take them to a New York pizza place because uh, I wanted them to realize why Chicago has the best pizza in the world. Sorry, Rudy, but we do. Um, and we went up to Central Park and walked around the southern, oh, maybe 20% of Central Park, uh, made it to Rockefeller Center and, and certainly Times Square in the evening, um, rode the subway to and from the 9-11 area to kind of shorten the amount of walking we did. I think we walked some eight or nine miles that cold, cold, windy day in January. Uh, and really had a great time. It was a great experience for all of us, not only the 9-11 uh, memorial, but everything else that we saw and, and experienced together as a group, as a team. And, you know, certainly provided a, a lot of team building and, and getting to know one another outside of the work environment, getting to know one another as individuals, as, as family people, as something other than what, what we are at work. And to that point, I would say that any of you who have employees, any kind of events that you can try to do along that line to um, build up the the team to get people to know one another outside of work. It can be simple things, you know, go to a bar after work, have a couple of drinks, go golfing, go uh, to an outing that, you know, maybe there's something in your area that everyone kind of tends to go to find things to do. Um, I would also urge that you do it on a day that they're supposed to be working. Um, and I know it's not easy, but if you could say on a Wednesday morning when everyone arrives at work, say, okay, uh, let's go meet here and, you know, Schedule their, rearrange their schedules, get some some time, get a break, even if it's a matter of, of just hours or half a day or something like that. And pay them for that time. Pay them as if they're working. Make it something that, that you budget into your expenses, something that you, uh, you feel is important to do as a team that's outside of work. And you'd be amazed what it does to build that team, build the camaraderie, get people to, again, understand that each other are people. And every time we've done something like this, we find that the little nuances between personalities that maybe aren't exactly good fits tend to dissipate, tend to... Um, not be areas where there might be a little bit of tension or conflict and people start to work much more like a team helping one another instead of uh, potentially battling with one another or, or just not being helpful. Uh, great, great, great team building 
things. And I'm sure you can come up with a, a thousand different ideas. And sometimes that's the easiest part is coming up with the ideas. The more difficult part is actually acting on those ideas, um, making it happen. That's not easy. And, and trust me, I, I get that. We're a little bit fortunate being that we're seasonal. You know, our, our busiest part of the year is March through oh early December, end of November, something like that. So when we get into January, especially, um, you know, it's it's easier for us to do that. But the expos that we've gone to in Dallas and New Orleans and such, those have been, uh, you know, I think I think New Orleans might have been late October, if I'm not mistaken, that year. Dallas was, I believe, early November. And even at those events, we did something to bring the whole team together. In New Orleans, we did a haunted pub crawl. If we had 18 or 20 people in New Orleans, I, I bought out a pub crawl with, I don't know, there were, there were probably 35 tickets, right? And I distributed the other tickets to people in the industry, people I know. Um, many of you know Derek uh, from, uh, well, now he's in Florida, but uh, Derek and his wife were, were on it with us, uh, a bunch of people from the Midwest, people from, um, you know, national uh manufacturer reps and, and so forth. And it was really, really cool to see all of our staff interacting with all of these industry people from around the country at, at various levels, whether it was someone who owned a retail store, a service department, a, a service business, a construction, a, a manufacturer, a distributor. I mean, every walk that you can imagine was in the group and everyone had a great time. We went to Dallas and uh, we flew out Saturday before the, the week of the the expo. And on Sunday, got a party bus and took the whole group over to a Dallas Cowboys game. Tailgated beforehand, bought a little grill, hot dogs, brats, all that kind of stuff. And some, some footballs to throw around in the parking lot. And um, just really, really had a great time. Went and saw the game. Had run into a bunch of other pool people that were at the game doing a similar thing. And then of course, party bus back to, uh, we, we had a couple of townhomes. We are being beat next to one another. So we had our group split between two townhomes living with one another, which was a really cool experience as well. So anyway, but to, to find the time late October, early November wasn't easy. We're still pretty busy at that time. And, and to take a week to pile uh, you know, probably half, well, almost half of our staff, I guess, um, into planes and buses and rental cars and everything else gets a little bit, a little bit daunting and just planning all of that, the booking the airfare and, and wherever we're staying, it's, it's, it's tough, but the rewards are by far, uh, over and above what you will ever, ever expect it to be. So. Anyway, uh, thanks uh, to the Monday crew at Talking Pools for um, their their small tribute, um, reflecting back on 9-11 at the beginning of the episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, please find it today. Listen to uh, Peter and Shane, and, and if I'm not they might have. Uh, someone else with them. I, I, I'm not positive of that, but anyway, go back, listen to yesterday's episode, the September 11th episode, listen to uh, to their remembrance of 9-11 and then also their podcast in general. I love listening to those guys, hearing what's going on, 
halfway around the world and halfway around the season from us, you know, as, as our seasons throughout the U.S. are into fall and in our Midwest, we're, we're winterizing pools, right? That's a big topic all over the, the social media right now. Um, they're kind of thinking about gearing up to their spring and and where they their memorial day is christmas day which is just i i can't even imagine can't imagine having to deal with what we deal with in the u.s around pools before memorial day having that occur in december leading up to christmas day being the big opening day of pools for them but they do it they do it well peter and shane are full of great 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 information and i love listening to them you guys should all tune in if you haven't already, as well as all the rest of our podcasts that we do. Um, another thing, I uh, another thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about today uh, is, I, I guess, a question that I'll throw out there, and I would love to have the ability to throw this question out, have people respond to it in the Talking Pools Facebook group. So I could comment it further later, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get it all out right now. So my question is, what type of business are you in? So obviously, this podcast is geared towards the pool industry. So we have all walks of pool industry people from uh, certainly service professionals to retailers to builders wholesalers, distributors, you know, you name it, manufacturers. Um, anything you can think of in our industry is listening to our, our podcast. And, you know, if, if you're a service person, you, you may have answered that question as saying, uh, the business I'm in is servicing pools. I'm a pool service person. Or retailer, or builder, or or name your your particular angle in our industry. And I am going to offer that all of you who answered in one of those veins reconsiders your answer, and that you think more to your job being customer service. That. You are a customer service individual who works in the pool industry. Give that just a little bit of thought. Customer service individual that works in the pool industry. If you gear everything that you do around providing high-level customer service first, everything else will fall in line. At, at all seasons, that's our philosophy and has been for, for a long, long time. And truly, when we hire people, although it's great to get someone walking in the door with knowledge, experience building or servicing or, or whatever the case may be, our, our hiring staff always looks for personalities primarily. We look for people who are... Uh, People who are caring, people who will always try to do their best, people who communicate well, all qualities of customer service, high-level customer service, 
providers. The rest of it can be talked. And, you know, certainly there's a lot of that goes on through this Talking Pools podcast group. There's a lot of, you know, Kelly and I, as well as the others, talk about industry training throughout, you know, whether it's Wayne and the CPO and everything else that he's into. Um, the, the fact that out of this group, we've got uh, four CPO instructors, of which I'm one as well. Uh, I think you all know that I, I teach PHTA uh, CMS, CST, CBP, hot tub course, uh, in addition to being a CPO instructor. And uh, education can be found. Education, uh, you you can get that training. You can go to a Hayward class. You can go to a Pentair training event. You can go to expos and conventions and, and Atlantic City and Vegas and, and be educated as to how to do your job. Um, but not everybody can be educated to care and not everybody can be educated to do the right thing, even when someone's not watching. And ultimately that type of personality and, and the aspect of finding people who are able to provide great customer service is, uh, is something that will take you a lot, lot farther. Um, we've hired many people through the years that have countless years of experience in the industry, only to find out in a very short period of time that their customer service skills suck. And we we have to, you know, beat customer service into them. And it's always a struggle. And oftentimes it it just doesn't succeed even after years of trying. And we have, through the years, had to part ways with people who were exceptional at doing the work, exceptional at troubleshooting a heater or, or installing a control system or building a pool um, because they lacked compassion, they lacked caring, they lacked customer service skills. If, if the first concern of your day is communicating with your customers, explaining what you're going to do, um, revisiting what you did after you did it, honoring any things that you say you will do. Uh, you know, we, we spend a ton of time throughout our, throughout our business, whether it's a customer service coordinator in the office, a salesperson, um, a technician in the field, a retail clerk, that if they say, I will do something and get back to you, that they include a timeline and they live up to that. If you tell someone you'll get back to them tomorrow, then you need to get back to them tomorrow. We find the majority of our business, uh, last year we had, you know, we did about $9 million in business as a company. The majority of our business comes to us simply because we provide a high level of customer service with a great deal of caring and consideration for what the customer's perception of how we're doing things is. And when we're by, by no means perfect, we, we struggle with it. It's a challenge. We continually work on it. We, we build day after day, week after week, year after year. And always, always, always are looking for ways to be even better. Uh, but I would argue that probably 
at least 80-85% of our annual revenue comes to us because we do provide a very high level of customer service. So at any rate, um, I, hopefully that's a little bit of, of help to you and, and give you some food for thought as you work through this week and through the coming weeks as we head further and further in the fall. As always, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Send some questions, talkingpools at gmail.com, and we'll make sure it gets out to the right podcast group to answer it for you. And, and if we do use it on any of the podcasts, of course, Rudy's got those awesome hats he's sending out to people all across the world. So take advantage of that. Give us a little bit of, of something to use in our podcast that might help you out and help others out. If you have a question, uh, odds are there are a lot of other people that have the same question. And, and as any instructor or teacher will ever say, there is never a dumb question. So with that, thank you to IPSA CMAC for all of your support and for all you do for our industry. And Kelly, thank you for being part of this podcast. And sorry we weren't able to connect this week, but I know we'll we'll hit it up and and have some great stuff to talk about for next week. Otherwise, everyone have a great day and a great rest of your week. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 